want to talk tough movies, here's a superhero with the biggest pair of all. You looking for me? There she was, just walking down the street singing. Oh, Elvira is a slimy, slithering succubus, a concubine, a street walker, a trap. Yes, she's got it all. She's everything you've ever wanted in a movie. A woman and a casserole. You'll see lots of weird romance. What's that perfume you're wearing? Super unleaded. Don't smoke. Loads of drooling madness. Ew, I hope you change the sheets. Hey, Elvira, we got a couple more volunteers. Great, just grab a tool and start banging. A whole gang of awesome monsters. I'm fast, Jamal, you know it. And a few sleazy experiments. There's nothing wrong with G-rated movies as long as there's lots of sex and violence. The charge is witchcraft. Be honest, how good are these every year? See Elvira. As Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. If they ever ask about me, tell them I was more than just a great set of... It's the greatest double feature of all time. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Oh, man. This movie, I love it so much. And that trailer I love so much. It's a great trailer. Listeners, boys and girls, everybody in between, we've got a really great show yes. for you today. We've got a wonderful movie that is just a piece of my heart. This movie is just everything that like, has oh, yeah. made me the person I am today. Definitely. Same. Uh, Scott, would you like to talk about uh, well, the movie? Well, first, my name is Scott. Oh, yeah. And you're Pete. And, and I'm Pete. And what are and, we doing here? And these are, these the, are the movies, movies that, that made, made us gay. gay. Yay. It's the first time you almost missed the opening. I know. You, you were so looking forward to talking about the movie. I really was. I, I needed to jump right into it. Well, first of all, I'd like to welcome uh, a very special guest, a uh, friend of the show, Ben Cheeves. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, you're so very excited. welcome to the show. You're very welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. We've got a, a really fun movie today. Uh, Scott, talk about Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, released September thirtieth, nineteen eighty-eight, directed by James uh, Cigarelli, written by Cigarelli, uh, Cassandra Peterson, Sam Egan, and John Paragon. A movie that is very dear to both Pete and I's heart. We definitely have a background with Elvira. Yes. As for us as a couple. Yes. What about you, Ben? Yeah. I mean, I've just, I've always been obsessed with her. And I mean, I joke that I've seen this movie 300 times, but literally. Same. It's just all gone. I watch it like five or six times a year. Yeah. I feel like this is also a movie that will go out to the bars and then we'll stumble home at like 2.30 in the morning and just put it on and pass out. So we've probably yeah. have seen this beginning like 300 times. <laughs> yeah, the beginning. <laughs> Maybe we don't always yeah. make it to the finale. Yeah, Uncle Vinny's madness 
I start to kind of tune out a bit. <laughs> but I just, I do love where it goes. And there's a lot of things that we've talked about yeah. it in the past where we, we'll just talk about like, wouldn't it be great if they were able to have done this? Like exploring yeah. Elvira's really witchy side that we get to like towards the end of the movie. Oh my God. The I'm going to orf- see the baby's movie of her. <laughs> <laughs> baby Elvira growing up in the orphanage. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, makeup date. <laughs> I was only eight. Do we want to talk about our, our personal origins with the movie? Well, I mean, we should probably start with our personal origins of Elvira as a person because <laughs> that predates me seeing this movie. Because believe it or not, I did not see this movie until about 10 years ago. Yeah. When I first met Pete, I remember you introduced me to this movie a couple blocks down in your teeny little studio apartment. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I grew up in Elvira. I mean, you, I just knew her from advertising. Yeah, everybody knows who she you is. You saw, like, Halloween TV commercials with her. I definitely remember seeing the Elvira Coors Light standee yeah. going into convenience stores. Yeah. So she's just sort of a part of this public consciousness, especially if you were born in the mid-'80s. She's just always been there. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Pete? Coors Light ad with the Wolfman. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Such a gay boner. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, man. Well, yeah, like you, I have memories of her from, you know, the like commercials, the beer commercials, things like that. But also Elvira's movie Macabre was always just kind of on, um, especially, yeah. I mean, I grew up in, in Los Angeles, so they did show her hosting, you know, horror movies, um, on Saturday and Sunday afternoons, you know, on just yeah, like we had in Atlanta. I remember seeing it and like, I remember watching the show and knowing who she was, but then kind of tuning out once the movies yeah. would start at kind of, I mean, they were really bad, so I'd just be like, well, I'm going to go outside and play. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you, Ben, do you remember when this movie was released in theaters? Because I just have a memory of it on home video. I remember it being in the theater and wanting to go, but not getting to go. Like, yeah, um, I just, whatever, I was 10 or 11 and didn't have the means to get there. Yeah, exactly. You know, it came out in the video store Mm. and I was like, that was my weekend plan. (laughs) <laughs> as soon as it came out. And did you find a way to, uh, did you own it? Did you just tape it from the video that you rented uh, or did you just rent it a bunch of times? I just rented it a bunch. Like I would just rent the same movie over and over and over as a kid. Yeah. As we I, all did. I got, <laughs> right. So, and then I taped it off a cable as soon as I was able to. Nice. Okay. Yeah. We, my family at one point, uh, got a little fancy and decided to uh, daisy chain two VCRs together so that you could play uh, the rented movie on one and record it on the second one because we were fancy and thieves. Right. <laughs> My family did that too. My dad, what finally pushed him over the edge was he wanted to own Crocodile Dundee. Ah, well, that, ah. that'll do it. <laughs> So he was like, "We're gonna get, we're gonna figure this thing out." Yeah, you know what we did. You know what you could do is you didn't have to have two VCRs. You you needed a VCR and you needed a camcorder because Uh-oh. if you could daisy chain those two together, the camcorder would play it and the VCR would record it, and then boom, you got yourself a movie forever. And so, um, and so we had Elvira. 
Yeah. So we we had <laughs> Mistress of the Dark, and I feel like I don't really have big memories of it being in the theater and like lobbying to go see it, but I definitely think that. I wouldn't have been like, hey, like, mom, like, take me to see this movie because, I don't know, I felt like it was a little bit too, like, risque. Yeah, that's what I always kind of assumed when I would see this video box at the video store. Yeah. Is that this is like an adult comedy kind of around the lines of Porky's. Yeah. But which is funny because I remember when I watched it. Yeah. I just remember thinking, like, oh, well, this is pretty much like a family movie. Yeah. Like, this is just... Pee-wee's Big Adventure, but starring Elvira. And I think that's sort of, that was probably sort of the pitch of it. Because I think at the time, yeah. they offered with NBC Elvira a sitcom. Yeah. But she held out for a movie. And the idea was to sort of do this Pee-wee or Ernest take with Elvira. That she would always yeah. be having these separate adventures. Like the Ernest movies were doing really well. And that was sort of like the intention of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Sure. And yeah, I just... What, what were you going to say, Ben? There's a connection with the uh, Pee-wee because they were like in the Groundlings together and the writer, um, I, got, I can't remember his name, Jim... John Paragon. Uh, yeah. Jombie. He was uh, Jombie from yep. Pee-wee's Playhouse. He was the, the head of it. And like, so he was a writer for them. So I think that's kind of the charm of the movie is that it's the same as Pee-wee. It's like kind of like a character that's a fish out of water. But... It's just kind of played, you know. She's she's played straight too, so there's no. Yeah, that's a, that's like the interesting thing about it, and it is what makes it so charming. Is like these characters are kind of they're kind of like super punk rock in a way, you know. Like they're these subversive adult characters that started out in comedy clubs and like nightclubs in the '80s that they turned into these you know, kind of universal performances. Um, While Elvira was obviously aimed, you know, probably at like straight men audiences just because of her visually, but like the jokes and the tone of the movie overall is like, it's just super sweet and she's just so funny and charming. Um, But it does still have that little punk rock edge in there, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like a lot of those kind of Gen X performers at the time were like like building off of their nostalgia of watching little uh, Leave it to Beaver yeah. and like all this stuff. It's like that kind of like 50s nostalgia. Yeah. And then you have the coming in with the Reagan era and they kind of are reacting to that and that conservative wave. And like everything's like kind of taking those like 50s Americana thing and turning it on its head. Yeah, and for sure. I think that's part of that. Yeah, especially because in the storyline of this movie, Elvira comes to town and the townsfolk try to run her out just because physically, visually, she looks like the wrong kind of person. But, like, ultimately, at the end of the day, like, she brings the whole town together. It's a very Pollyanna story. I remember reading that the original pitch for the Pee-wee, for Pee-wee's Big Adventure was a Pollyanna story. I think that Paul Rubens mentions that on yes. the commentary. Yes, I almost kind of wonder, just because Cassandra and Paul were friends, that she just ended up taking the core of that idea and putting it in Mistress of the Dark. Yeah. That's just kind of a what I kind of draw from that, too. Yeah, I feel that way, too. Yeah, this Paul, this idea of this Pollyanna character coming to town of just, like, these old, like... Like conservative people and just and they eventually bringing color and they eventually did that 
did that in Big Top Pee Wee. Yes, they eventually did in Big Top Pee Wee. (laughs) And I love, too, that, like, again, just looking at Elvira, you think that she's just, like, this dark lady, this, like, gothic, you know, witchy woman. But, like, when she does come to town and she inherits this house and she, like, paints the house, it just becomes this crazy, like, punky Brewster, like, day glow (laughs) mansion. And and I love that scene so much when they just look at the house and all the kids are just like, oh, man. And she looks at it. She drops. It's fabulous. It's, fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. But, okay. So we kind of have to give a little bit of backstory on Elvira, the character, and what she did as far as, like, hosting so, these horror movies. Yeah, I have a little for bit. For people of, who are unsure of what have, that was. I have a little bit of that written. So, like, back sure. in the day, Tell us. probably in the, I would say the late 50s and early 60s you would just have an afternoon horror movie on your local like channel 5 or channel 3 or something uh-huh. and they would just introduce and be cut in with afternoon movies mm-hmm. and elvira kind of came about in the late spring of 1981 six years after the death of larry vincent who starred as the host sinister seymour of a los angeles weekend horror show called fright night the show's producers became – they tried to look for a new host, and they wanted to do a female host, and they offered the spot to Vampira. Myla Nurmi. Myla Nurmi. But she ended up passing on the project, and the, stu- and the studio went for a casting call, and Peterson auditioned and won the role. So it's kind of – I don't really know what, the, what she really brought in to get the role, but anyway, she, they were taken by her, and she was funny. Like, I think that – her angle with the whole thing is that she has an improv background. She wasn't quite doing the regular spooky stuff that everyone else was doing. Like the whole like Vincent Price, like come in my darlings, like come and watch this movie. Like her angle was to be funny. And the producers left it up for her to decide on the role's image. And her and her best friend, Robert Redding came up with the idea of a sexy punk vampire look and the producers rejected her original idea was to look like sharon sharon tate's character in the fearless vampire killers have you ever seen the like the fearless i'm I'm not familiar with vampire killers have you yeah yeah so like that was her idea and they wanted something a little more like macabre okay and that's where they came up with the look for elvira and uh, I guess that the hair was inspired by a Ronette wig. And they just sure. sort of kind of created this character of Elvira. It's interesting when uh, listen, we watched this movie with the commentary a couple of days ago uh, with Cassandra's commentary. And she's mentioned in other outlets as well that she wasn't very pleased with the wig styling in this movie because her yeah. – because the the man that Scott mentioned, her friend who she created the look with, he did her wigs for her. And after he passed away, she wasn't ab- able to find someone to replicate the look. Yeah, when, it's got a bad feather going on. It's like a it, coming out from the. You know, we just bought the Blu-ray of of the movie. We had the DVD for years and years, and on the Blu-ray. It's a lot cleaner, and you can really see that it just kind of looks like one wig stacked on top of another. It looks like a straight, like it just looks like a long, straight, parted down the middle wig with a beehive sitting right on top, like stacked right on top of it. And yeah, once you turn the back, you can see it. Yeah. And And if you look at like more early 80s Elvira images, 
it's a lot more of like a cool Joan Jet kind of a shag. It's kind of a shag, yeah, on the know? bottom. Oh, Joan Jet, yeah. Yeah, and there's definitely a distinction. And growing up, I was just so accustomed to watching this movie and this being the quintessential Elvira look that when we do go, we did, we got the Elvira coffee table book, and that's got all the old pictures in there. And when you see those old images, you're just like, wow, it is a different look. Like it really is a whole different wig that they had. And yeah, it, yeah, she looks like '80s, like Hollywood Boulevard punk. Yes, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I mean, I, I like this look in the movie. I like the big beehive. It is very. Um, it's a little bit more hot rod than like, like you said, like LA punk. It's a little bit more of a hot rod, like psychobilly kind of a thing. But that goes perfectly with the character. So I'm on board with it. And I'm into it. just yeah. sort of the character of Elvira. It's just kind of interesting. Like, what exactly is she? She's she's not a vampire. <laughs> she's not really a witch. But although, but in this movie, she kind they, of is. But that's of, kind of an added backstory. They kind of explored her witchiness in this mm-hmm. movie, but then it was just kind of like dropped. But she's like, but she had a sitcom. yes. There's a failed sitcom where she was a witch. It was basically Sabrina the Teenage Witch. We love the sitcom. But it's on YouTube. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. so we 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 watched this sitcom once, and I want to say it was like what two years ago. Yeah, so I don't really remember a lot from it. Um, did, have you seen it a bunch of times? Or... Uh, yeah, I've seen, same thing. I've seen it on uh, YouTube. Like, yeah, every once in a while, like want more Elvira. And yeah, find it. <laughs> and I remember being <laughs> charmed by it, but I also kind of remember it just being like you know, kind of run of the mill sitcom. But that said, I, I want I want like Mona from- multiple seasons. It is Mona from from Who's the Boss? I love that. <laughs> I want like multiple seasons of this five camera sitcom with Elvira. That's all that all takes place in the living room. You see all of these adventures with her. Yeah, it's just so unfortunate thinking about like what could have been like when when we hear Cassandra talk about how they pitched it like an earnest franchise where they could have gotten multiple movies, you know, I would have watched Elvira gets a Girl Scout troop. I would have watched, you know, oh Elvira goes to the water park, <laughs> like any of these, like, yeah. any of these adventures that never happened would have been so much fun. Elvira yeah. gets, like, drafted in the army or something. Ah, uh, G.I. Elvira? Yeah. Oh, my God. I would have loved that. <laughs> oh, my God. Private. Elvira. Private. <laughs> I'm just uh, envisioning the posters. Yeah. So my kind of, like, I think that she's just a horror groupie. Yeah. Like, she just loves to be around spooky stuff. Like, Elvira as a person. Yes, like Elvira as a person. Is, yes, I agree. And it's a little part Valley Girl, too. Yeah, just, her characterization. Uh, and But she also just has a slamming body. Yes. And, like, that's just part of it. <laughs> that's just part of it. But that comes from the, that comes from the, from the vampire, like, kind of aesthetic. Well, and also, Cassandra's background is a showgirl, too. We can talk a little bit about that when we get to the uh, showgirl scene of the movie. But love it. that whole portion of her life is fascinating, too. Love it. Like, dating Tom saw, Jones I, and Elvis. Something that had her. Had what? I saw something that had her measurements in it, and apparently she's 5'7", 110 pounds, with a 34, 21, 34. 21? According to I'd the, love it. 34, 21, 34, which according to Sir Mix-a-Lot, 
is not even good enough if you're 5'3". <laughs> hmm? Maybe if you're 5'3". <laughs> wow. I mean, those are pretty, those are pretty impressive measurements. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, but, I do love the fact that she just kind of owns this whole, like, booberella, you know, aesthetic. She's just like, this is my character. This is it. I'm going to, like, you know, wash the windshield of this, of this car <laughs> with the camera underneath me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love a good boob joke? But what (laughs) kind of separates Elvira and why I think the character has aged really well is that Elvira has this undercover feminist message to its viewers. Like, this is a woman that gives zero fucks about what people think of her, and she's very sex positive. She's a very sex positive woman who just owns it. Everything on her is sort of on her terms. She calls the shots, and it's way more than just a spooky male gaze. Cassandra has a very empowering message to its viewers, and gay men kind of see that message the most, and it speaks to them a lot. Sure. Would you guys agree? Totally. I kind of forget that she's not just for gay people. Yeah. <laughs> like, every man like her, I'm like, oh, I forget that there's, like, horny, like, horror movie comic book guys who are, like, into her, and I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah. She's not just a drag queen. Ben, oh, right. how's your head? <laughs> Never had any complaints. <laughs> yep. I met her at a haunted house here one time. Like she was at the opening of something, mm-hmm. and uh, this is pre-camera phones. But um, my friend got her to sign like a fake plastic knife and sign it as "I cut you, man." I cut you, man. <gasps> when she <laughs> <laughs> and, and she like thought for a second, she was like, "Like, how do I spell that?" And then she just wrote it out. M M A N G. That's how you spell. <laughs> I remember seeing her take pictures of somebody's tattoo at the booth too. Yeah, that, like her you own. Know that, like her you own know that camera. Cassandra's yeah. seen some crazy tattoos with her with yeah. her likeness on it. Oh, that reminds me. Um, my older sister one year for Halloween um, went like as like a punk. You know, for Halloween, we were like 10 years old or whatever. And so she was like a 10 year old punk. And she bought a like little studded spike bracelet that had like a little snap closure on the back. And it was branded like from the Elvira collection. Amazing. And when you open it, like on the inside, like the fake suede, like underside of the studded bracelet was the elvira signature logo and yeah and after (laughs) halloween after she wore the costume and like finished being a pug and was like done with it i straight up stole it and would wear it to pe class at school amazing (laughs) i'm wearing an official elvira t-shirt right now i I don't know if you can see it i love that t-shirt yeah beautiful this is like a beautiful 80s glamour shot of her too yes um yeah but yeah that's good hair yeah, that's good hair. That's the that's the eighty shag hair. Um but yeah, I'll never forget I stole that I stole that punk rock Elvira bracelet and I loved that it was from the Elvira collection. I was just like, Oh, this is like oh, yeah. her officially licensed Halloween merchandise. Does she even still have official Yeah, there's yeah. Wigs. there's wigs stuff, when you right? go to Hollywood and Highland, they have a whole section of the candy store that's Elvira. So let's talk a little bit about the plot of this crazy movie and um so it opens at the <laughs> at the TV station. I love the TV station scenes. I think that they're some of my favorite oh. of the movie. 
Yeah. Having to go on to like broad like broadcasting school. Yeah. I love him. I kind I of... love any movie that starts off with like take this job and shove it. Oh, yes. it's yeah. like living the dream. I mean, she gets For sure. sexually like... harassed and she tells this guy to fuck off. That's amazing. Yeah. By the owner of the TV yeah. station. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love Manny, her agent. He's just like this super like seventies like cliche. He's got like the plaid, right. you know, the plaid sports coat, and like yeah, and- I love it. And that she like is in Vegas with Chucky Green. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally like a seventies like belt. Yeah, for sure. her throwaway joke. I love that. Oh, and I always I always have to mention this. So the whole idea is that she's trying to get this Vegas review. And, you know, the impetus of the movie is that she can have a showroom at the Flamingo, but she needs to front some of the money to get the show up and running. And she needs to front 50 grand, $50,000, which is a lot of money. And that's crazy. And the whole, but the whole thing is, um, Manny, her agent keeps referring to the flamingo and he keeps saying like, well, the flamingo wants the money and the flamingo, you know, and as a kid, I did not know that they were referring to the flamingo, uh, the hotel. And I just assumed the flamingo was like a person, like a, like an underground, like a gangster, like a gangster. Yes. That's what I thought the flamingo Dick Tracy going. Yes, exactly. So I just, every time Manny was just like, the flamingo wants their money. I just thought like Elvira was just, he was just going to get her her thumbs broken or something. That's kind of what I was. It's not more high state. Exactly. I love that. Exactly. Yeah, but, you're like, oh. but, you know, if, uh, if one Miss Tyra Banks has taught us anything. This is true. And she hasn't. Um, but of all her years hosting Top Model is that if anybody asks you for money up front... Nope. Don't do it. It's a scam. If they want you, they'll pay for you. If they want if they want to take your picture, they will pay for the photo for you. Yes, indeed. But um we have a little clip of Manny and Elvira here, so let's let's listen to, to this sure. bit from the movie. There's no problem with the show, is there? Problem? <laughs> Complications maybe, but never a problem. All right. Out with it, Manny. Okay. The flamingo won't won't go ahead with the show unless you come up with some money to help finance it. How much do they want? $50,000. I'm nuts! How am I going to come up with that kind of money? Maybe it's not too late to get your job back. Forget it, Manny. I'm never working for that sleazeball again. I just have to find another sleazeball. I'll take it. Dear Elvira, as executor of the estate of your great aunt, Miss Morgana Talbot, I'm sorry to inform you of her untimely passing. Oh, I didn't even know I had a good aunt, much less a great one. Let me see that. It says here, all I have to do is come to Falwell, Massachusetts for the reading of the will, and I'll give up my inheritance. Is that timing or what? <laughs> so The greatest side. <laughs> I love the I love the visual gag of her behind 
the changing area mm-hmm. and she's flipping over clothes like she's going to be naked and then she comes out and she's wearing the same dress the same black dress <laughs> that's so funny like what is she, she's yeah. changing out of the black dress mm-hmm. into another version of the black dress yeah maybe she just has that closet <laughs> she's got that closet where it's just hanger after hanger of the same dress have you ever noticed the peewee doll there's a peewee herman doll Oh, no, I don't even notice that. Yeah, in her dressing room, there's a lot Yeah, there's a lot of cool Easter eggs in the dressing room. There's um, there's a peewee. I believe it's the pulse. It's not the ventriloquist doll. It's just the one that you pull the string and he says different phrases. And there's just like, there's like an Alice Cooper poster. So there is a headshot of somebody who we thought was Christopher Lee, but it turns out it is Nicolas Cage. It is Nicolas Cage. We were wondering that, and then Cassandra said it on the commentary that it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, I think there's also some pictures of Vincent Price. What's that? Were they a thing in the in the 80s? No, she just said that she thought he was really handsome, and she just thought he was so cool and like was her favorite actor. So she gets in her... Her macabre mobile. So, yeah, now she has to drive across the country Man. To, to get to maybe get uh, an inheritance. She drives from Los Angeles to Massachusetts. To follow Massachusetts. In that top-down yeah. convertible. <laughs> also that, like, metal song. Yeah. That's Cassandra <laughs> singing the lyrics, too. That's Cassandra singing. Oh wow! No, yeah, I yeah. And, I, and I love that song, and I love the montage of her getting from from L.A. to to Falwell. We have to mention Bill Cable, pinup hunk Bill Cable. Who you is, love Bill Cable? Who is her boyfriend? Are you familiar with Bill Cable? No. So oh, you need to do like... a Google search. He used to date Cassandra, uh, and he's sort of a hunky pinup model. And he did a little acting on the side. He died in a motorcycle accident, and he is the cop. Uh, that pulls her over. He was dating her at the time. He, oh my he, god, he's a hunk. And he is right? also the he's the guy that Sharon Stone, Stone stabs at the beginning of Basic Instinct. Man, he's this guy's lived a dream life. Yeah, <laughs> right. He's a, so yeah, you know we were doing fifteen to twenty-five mile per hour. So uh, no, but if you have a few bars, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I never got that joke as a kid either. If if you hum a few bars, I'll, I'll fake it. <laughs> I use that joke all the time. <laughs> now I get it and I love it. And grab a tool and start banging. I'm ready to go. But like real talk, when Elvira opens up her, her jockey box and all the tickets fall out, that's just me now. <laughs> That's just when you turn into a, an adult that doesn't like to accept responsibility. Not you her, always have tickets in your jockey box. Not her jockey box. Where yep. are you from? Jockey box? <laughs> Haven't you ever heard that term? Not a jockey no. box. This is gonna, uh, no. It that, is a glove compartment. That must be a very Montana term. <laughs> it is a glove compartment. Get with the program. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but uh, I do agree with you. Um Parking tickets and moving violations falling out of your glove compartment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just an adult life for me. I actually just paid my my parking ticket on time. Thank you very much. Oh, good for you. <laughs> so it's like it's not like $500 to register my Jaris yeah. at the end of the year. She makes her way to Falwell and the, the Macabre Mobile, which 
Do you believe that that's the real macabre mobile at the at the candy store in Hollywood and Highland? I mean, I would assume that there might be multiple macabre mobiles. They say in the commentary that the guy that built that car like builds all of the TV and movie cars that are famous. Sure. So. So uh, they've mentioned in the commentary that the macabre mobile in the movie barely ran. That when you would see it, I moving, mean, it's a it's a movie prop car. You put that on the back of a trailer. Yeah, they said that when you see it moving on screen, that it would literally move like that's how far it would drive before it would just die again. I forget what the biz term for a for a car like that is. It might be prop car. Prop I don't know, car, something like that. But um, she makes it to fall while the car explodes. And, and she gets a room at the Cozy Cot. She has her first run-in with Chastity Pariah. You don't even fit in that dress. I love Edie McClurk. She's great. Oh, Treasure. I always call her Mrs. Poole from, um, the, from the Hogan's. Hogan's family. Yes, Mrs. Poole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was Mrs. Poole on the Hogan's. Was she in Small Wonder? And she was also, uh, yes, yeah, she was Harriet's mother on Small Wonder. Yeah. Yes. Good call. Yeah. Not like 10 years before this movie, she was playing a teenager in Carrie. Yeah. That's crazy. That always cracks me up when I, it's like a shock every time. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. What year is Carrie? 76, I think. Oh, for crying yeah. out loud. So let's just say, let's just split the difference and say she was in her early 20s and not really a teenager. And in this movie, she's just like in her, like, in her mid 30s. I mean, that's how women used to look back in the day, though, <laughs> is that they just sort of looked old. It was the Reagan era. Yeah. yeah. Was, you know, I mean, you put that hair on me and I'll look like I'm in my <laughs> mid 40s. I would pay to see you in chastity, chastity pariah hair and that dress. Chastity. How has there not been a big drag queen that goes by Chastity Pariah? I'm sure there is. I feel like it's too specific of a name. I I don't know. If I saw a queen named Chastity Pariah, I'd be like, all right. You just stole that name. That's a one note. Yeah, yeah. But the look, though. You can do a lot with with those soup cans on your head. If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. That's a good line. If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. I I, I want to say that to coworkers all the time at my job. Coworkers are coworkers or customers. Customers both. <laughs> both. Fuck those coworkers. I love that. Well, what I did not know about this movie that we learned from the commentary was that the teens were kind of an addition that were requested by the studio. That makes sense now. Oh, yeah. When I heard the commentary, I was like, oh, I get that. And, like, yeah, it would be better without But them. I, I yeah. love the teens, though. <laughs> I love the teen with, like, the Coke uh, bottle glasses, the one from Dream Warriors. Yeah. Dream Warriors, I think yeah. he's so cute. He just wants to see those gazungas. That's all he wants. <laughs> I, I, I always had a crush on the dumb one. Which one? one the kind of jockey dumb one see now that was okay so let me tell you this so i guess the whole idea is that the blonde one is supposed to be like the cute one and like as a young kid i was just like oh yeah he's blonde like he's cute or whatever but i was telling scott the other day the last time we watched it that like jockey like thick beefy guy i was just like watching it the other day going 
you know, I never really gave him a chance. <laughs> and maybe I should have. I mean, sure. He looks goofy. He's like he was like an uh, approachable Bob. For yes, my like ten year old gay self. Because he had like his hair was parted on the side and all that, but like he's wearing like this cool like like kind of like a jockey like a football t shirt, yeah, the football t shirt jersey, and like you know he yeah he was definitely the hottest one of the team. They mentioned on the commentary that Brad Pitt read for that role. He read for the blonde guy. Oh, yeah. the blonde guy. Yeah. Sure. He read for the other one. And they didn't. They yeah. didn't cast him because Elvira kind of thought, like, why is she chasing Bob while she could just fuck this teenager <laughs> who is so incredibly hot? Well, I do think it's charming that in this town that is rejecting Elvira, she finds friends in the teens. You know, I love the first thing she does is ask the girl. She's like, "Where? Where's the action?" Yeah. Where, can I get a drink? What's like? What's happening in this town? Which is my favorite thing to do if I'm going to like a smaller town or something. You just like ask sure. anybody, "Hey, where can you get a drink?" I'm like feeling like you're the most dangerous person in that small town. I oh love yeah. That. I mean, I feel like that's Pete <laughs> and I when we drive back to Montana and we hit like like Pocatello. Yeah, we're just like, what do you do for fun around here? The tidy bowl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get the thing I can handle leak. <laughs> Patty's tidy bowl. Uh, I think I can handle it. Her delivery on some of those lines is so genius. Gets a little crazy on league so night. Uh, I think I can handle it. <laughs> I love it. Patty's- I love also that like that it's like Elvira shows up on the Warner Brothers lot. Oh like, yes. with bare minimum. Um, like trying to hide it. They're <laughs> just sort of like this, oh, Warner Brothers lot that's, that's town, just classic that's... small town America. What what year was this right. movie? Uh this movie came out in 88 so it would have been shot around 87. So this movie was released in 1988. This back lot is clearly Stars Hollow with like oh, yeah, yeah. minimal yeah. <laughs> minimal bare minimum like yeah. updates and like it is it, exactly like Stars Hollow. I feel like it still hasn't changed. No. It's Stars it, Hollow. It's Norbit's it's a neighborhood from Norbit. It's the neighborhood from The Monster Squad, which in a, which was another movie that I was obsessed with as a kid. The, the Growing Pains house is there. What? Um, well, yeah. Also, oh, I didn't even know also, that. Also, Colonial Street on on the Universal lot is where her house is. Because like yes. Colonial I mean, Street is just where all of the very just photogenic. Americana houses are, and that's where like the Munsters' house is. Well, it's Wisteria it's Lane. Where Wisteria Lane is, but the house is on Universal, though. Yes, that's on that. So that's on Colonial Street. When I uh, went out there for work one time, we took the Warner Brothers lot tour, and the guy just kept telling everybody that it was like Gilmore Girls and Pretty Little Liars. It was like if you're a fan of Pretty Little Liars, like every time you turned a corner, it was like this, 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 uh... and we were like. Everyone was like, "We don't know that show." <laughs> like, stop. <laughs> Woo, yeah. Like, Pretty Little Liars. Anybody? You're all just like, look at all of us. Look at the. <laughs> You're like, when do we get to Central Park? <laughs> but I remember it being like, "This is where Elvira. That's the church from Elvira. This is that from." I was just started taking up the tour and be like, "Well, and this scene in Elvira. That's where she would have been burned." <laughs> Give me that microphone. That that is where the Macabmobile blew up in her in her. Uh... <laughs> The hood of her car oh, no. flew across the street. The, when they had the, 
the church picnic that's at the same pond where yep. they did uh, Rainbow Connection. <gasps> <laughs> what? It's like they always film everything. I love where that. When Pee Wee goes across the swamp on his bike. Yeah. Oh, get right out of town. See, I didn't even know that. I love that. When I used to review movies, the Warner lot was always the lot that I always wanted to get screenings to. Yeah. But I never got them because Warner never – they didn't do press screenings a lot on the lot. And I when know. I, when they did give me one, it was for that bullshit King Arthur movie with Charlie Hunnam. And I was so excited to walk on the lot because when you go to that movie lot, it is straight up Pee-wee's Big Adventure. You expect to see <laughs> showgirls like – crossing the street <laughs> gladiators and like them doing like a d snyder video but it is like the most hollywood movie lot i've ever been on in my life wow. so i was glad to sit through a bullshit movie just to go on that lot yeah no but yeah watching it you're just like they're just sort of like okay and plop elvira here and let <laughs> let her react her here, let her react. Oh, Just man. genius. Yeah, for sure. I love that everybody has their own kind of little memories of the of the lot and what was shot there. Because for me, a lot of that town square is Monster Squad. And it's pretty much a copy of uh, the lot from Universal, too. It's almost exactly yeah. Courthouse Square from Universal. Mm-hmm. But there's a church in it, in it. Yeah. Yeah. And Courthouse Square and Universal has evolved a lot through the years. Oh, yeah. It looks totally it different. It looks totally now. different now. Yeah. Um, so in Falwell, she gets to go to the reading of her great aunt Morgana's will with Auntie M and Uncle and Uncle Remus. Uncle Remus, <laughs> there's no place like home. <laughs> Ten grand just for, for the, the help. help. <laughs> why, you, why, you, why are you crying? You made out like a bandit. I love how she says that. <laughs> She's such an asshole at this will reading, but she doesn't know Aunt Morgana. Yeah. So it's not like she doesn't have a reason to be sad. <laughs> but let me say this. Her ultimate goal is 50 grand and she gets a house even in the 80s, even in Falwell, Massachusetts. Yeah, just flip the house. Yeah. I mean, props. Yeah, looks like some pretty good property value. She doesn't even have to flip it. She can sell it as is and the super queenie executor guy was just told told her she could get seventy thousand. Seventy grand. Oh, and she also in, she also inherits uh her aunt's dog, Algonquin. In the, in the book. Oh, in the book. I guess that Algonquin in the original script was was supposed to be a um a Rottweiler. He is in one scene. Yeah, but I think it was supposed to be a Rottweiler for the whole movie. The whole time. Yeah. Oh. So I also learned that he is the dog from Ruthless People. What? Which that's the same dog that like, uh, the one tortured Danny DeVito. I love Ruthless People. <laughs> I've never seen Ruthless People, but I just have a memory of the video box. I don't know if like a nine-year-old should have been seeing Ruthless People. I don't know. I mean, it was the 80s. Yeah, I got to see everything right? like that. I never, they never told me no for anything. Yeah, my dad took so. us to, my dad took us to everything in the theater. Like we saw everything in the theater. And if we didn't see it in the theater, we, then we rented it. So yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. If, yeah, they did not. Yeah. But and also, I feel like two movies in the eighties. I don't know. I, it wasn't like we were watching like Faces of Death or anything. It was like you know things. Movies were a little bit more lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like you don't get the sex jokes as a kid, but you just you just know it's funny. You're like, oh, 
I'll get it one day. Yeah, and, and I was kind of, and it wasn't like scarred or like you know, I wasn't just like well, right. scandalized. It was just like, oh, if I don't get it, I don't get it, and if I do get it, like, oh well. So, I secretly loved ruthless people, but um, okay. Right. So we're in Falwell, Massachusetts. She um, she inherits this house and this uh this book that she just thinks is a cookbook, and she and this is where we meet Uncle Vinny, um, which. Uh, they really wanted Vincent Price for makes total sense, which right. makes total sense. Yeah, but they couldn't they couldn't afford him or right. So we're stuck with like thespian actor, whoever that guy is. That's like I think he's really good. So he he does take it very seriously, but uh, I don't know. I, I think he's good in it. He's and he's got like the one crazy like he's got like a glass eye, which is like kind of <laughs> kind of good for the character. Because he's got like, but this is where it's like, okay, Uncle Vinny is clearly like a malicious, like malevolent character. He's got his two henchmen, and one of them is Kanicki from Greece. Oh, Jeff Conaway. <laughs> you know what's crazy that Jeff Conaway was probably fully like my age at the time of making at the time this of movie? making this movie, and he just looks terrible. He looks like hell in this movie. That's drugs, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's, he still looks good because he's Jeff Conaway and he's, like, super handsome. But he does look a little rough in this movie. Yeah, he's uh, – it's, it's a troubled tale at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I always feel so bad for him when he had to go make Grease because he played Danny on stage. And he sort of had to play second fiddle to John Travolta, the role that he originated. Yeah. I mean, at least he got to be in it. This is true. <laughs> Some people, some mm-hmm. people didn't even get that. Um, so Uncle Vinny, it's like, is it is it clear right off the bat that he's like a crazy, like evil warlock? I think so. Wizard. Yeah, I think they make it clear that he's just like that. He's like evil, and as soon as Elvira starts spending nights in the house, she starts having crazy dreams about Aunt Morgana, and there is that awesome painting portrait. Of yeah. Morgana, that's Cassandra. Because mm-hmm. she's uh, Morgana in the flashbacks, too. Yes. Right. I love that during that dream sequence, she like wakes up and her hair is like perfectly spread out. Yes. She looks like <laughs> and then And then she wakes up from the real dream and like her hair is in the, the towel, like toilet paper wrap. Yeah. And she's, and she's wearing, and she's wearing and the Elvis like, shirt. I love that gag. I love I love that gag too. I thought that was super funny. Her hair wrapped in toilet paper. First of all, her hair is wrapped in toilet paper. She's in the crazy Elvis iron on, iron on Elvis t shirt with no sleeves. Right, but she still has a full face of makeup. Um, this <laughs> this also reminded me of that scene in Big Business when Lily Tomlin is just kind of like in the hotel room, like kind of like winding down and she's wearing like <laughs> she's wearing like a long like marabou like lined dressing gown like yeah. a robe and she's wearing a Tina Turner like <laughs> she's wearing a Tina Turner concert t-shirt yes <laughs> and I, love, I love the idea of just like these glamorous women just like when they wind down they're just like I'm just gonna put on this t-shirt that I bought like at a show like in Vegas or something and also uh, Elvira went on <laughs> Uh, Elvira, Cassandra went on a date with Elvis. Right. When she was a showgirl. That 
that sentence is so loaded. Yeah. She went on a date with Elvis when she was a showgirl. And Elvis told her, and she said this on the own little, like, where are they now? Uh Elvis told her, you need to get out of this town. This town being Vegas? You can't work here forever. You need to go and do something else. And Uh she said, if it probably weren't for Elvis Presley telling her that, she probably would have stayed in Vegas. And, and just we been and, an old grizzled And we girl. wouldn't have the Elvira movie. So well, you could Elvis you could just say that yeah. Elvis is responsible for Elvira Mistress of the Dark. All right. So now she's got to sell the house because the house is uh like we said got appraised for about 70 grand. She invites over the teens when they're when they're uh trying to spy on her <laughs> and get a peek at those gazungas. <laughs> she's just like, "Well, you should just come over tomorrow and help me fix up the house." She's incredible. And what I would do for just one peek at this gazunga. I love that they refer to her gazungas like that kid's so cute. Several times. Ira. Yeah. I love Ira. Ira, you uh listeners, you might remember Ira from Dream Warriors. Yes, he was in um Nightmare on Elm Street Three. Mm-hmm. In What's my dreams, movie? I, I can't remember. He says, In my dreams, I'm kind of surprised walk. that I, I'm kind of surprised that you can't finish that. That I can't quote Dream Warriors. Have you seen Dream Warriors? Oh, yes. What's, the, what's, the, quote, what's the quote from the kid from this movie? I'm the Dream Master? Is he, is he the Dream Master? No, he's not the Dream Master. Yeah. He's because he, he's playing like a fake Dungeons and Dragons game with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he has the cape on and everything. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember the line. We'll figure it out. Taryn's line about, I'm beautiful and bad. bad. <laughs> and bad. I love her. She's really... We have to do Dream Warriors. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So, the teens come over to paint the house because we've because it's fallen into disrepair. It looks like trash. And she's got to get, you know, market value if she's going to get this money to the Flamingo. Because if not, the Flamingo is going to, like, break her thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Flamingo, Mr. Flamingo, yeah. it's gonna come, come break your, it's gonna come break your thumb, break your thumbs to collect. It's like a bad Tennessee Williams movie now. <laughs> so the funny thing is, on the commentary in the the montage scene when they're painting the house, is to shout that song, shout. Yeah, and Cassandra's just like. F this song. I hate it. It's the worst choice. Why did they choose this? She the entire length of the scene, she's just like her and John Paragon are both just like rolling their uh, eyes. Why? <laughs> and I never thought about it. In the eighties, like those um sixties songs, like the one in the trailer, that there oh, she yeah. was, and like all those like sixties frat rock songs had like a big moment in the eighties. I think I think it was like Bruce Willis that made it happen. Sure, I could see that. <laughs> Bruno, Bruno is to blame. I love I love yeah. her little uh, onesie pants, which is a version uh, of the dress the, that she wears. Sides. Yep, yeah, it's got the cutouts all like up the. Grab a tool and start banging. And Robin gets in trouble from you know Grant from her grandmother, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> I love we haven't we have not even mentioned the the morality club, yeah. In Fallwell, there's a whole like morality council that like runs this town with an iron fist, 
and they're ready to like get this pinko kami heavy metal Elvira. It kind, of, it kind of reminds me of the birdcage. What does Gene Hackman is in charge of, of yeah. the morality? Yeah, it's like a morality club kind of a thing. Like commission. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the morality club is. All the morality club people look like they're like the where's the beef ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the where's the it's beef like, lady. It's like only in the 80s did like old people look like that. Um, you're right, though. In the 80s, old women, like, all just looked. It was a very kind of like almost like a Thelma Harper aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you were either like <laughs> Thelma or Iola, which Iola on Mama's Family was fully like 35. Like, she wasn't even that old. Yeah, but I feel like Iola may not have been intended to be Mama's age. She was just no, friends she's, with Mama. She's Vinton's age. Because you, you see that flashback. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, the flashback with uh, with what's her name on it. <laughs> I mean, I know my mama's family. You do. So it's like it's I really... like Iola was fully like thirty five, but looked like an old lady. Yeah, it was the eighties. Oh man, we've got to we've got to do. I mean, we've got to do a mama's family themed episode so we can talk about Bubba. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like we're just gonna have to do a, a very. Uh, just a gay TV month. Yeah. Because Bubba wore, like, I don't know what cut of jeans Bubba was wearing. Those were not 501s. Those were tailored. Those were, like, hand. You could see every. Those were, like, Jason Stackhouse jeans. <laughs> they, were, they were, like, Princess Taylor. Yeah. Like, oh, those jeans. Because they are. Yes. No, snug those, as a bug. Those were not off the rack. They were. <laughs> I couldn't keep a tit mouth warm in a drizzle. <laughs> in a drizzle. <laughs> I think she was wearing plenty. Shut up, Leslie. <laughs> a tit mouth warm. <laughs> oh, Bubba. And Bubba also wore suspenders and yes. over a, a sweater vest. Yeah. <laughs> A sweater vest and a t-shirt. And like a V-neck t-shirt. Yep. And I love... Oh, man. Oh, Bubba. Dressed like he was, like, an action figure in a Happy Meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like he was... Like the, a Punky Brewster. Yeah, like the Burger King Kids Club. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you, Brewster. Um, so Elvira still doesn't uh, know or have access to her, like, witchy powers. She's having dreams that's sort of premonitions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of her powers, but yeah. But she doesn't fully realize them yet. She's having dreams of her Aunt Morgana. She's talking to Bob about Aunt Morgana. Bob. We we, we haven't talked about Bob we yet. We have not even talked about right. Bob. So I love that Bob is Elvira's type. This all-American just beefcake. With a huge ass. With a huge ass. <laughs> huge ass. Like, to rival Patty's bosom. Yeah. Man, <laughs> when... When Bob is uh, talking to Elvira outside of the tidy bowl, just that actor's delivery of those lines just kills me. His? Yes. It's just so flat, but kind of charming at the same time. Right. Yeah, like I never, like I kind of always thought that he was just really bad. I mean, I I think that's (laughs) why it's charming though, is that you just get this very like, I admire your aunt because she just had a spunk. (laughs) <laughs> we have a clip. We have a clip of his dialogue. I do. Do you want to hear a little bit of Bob? 
Right down the street at the Cozy Cot. Oh. So what brought you to Falwell? Um, my car. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I'm here for the reading of my great aunt Morgana's will. Morgana Talbot? That's she's your aunt. Yeah, that came as a surprise to me too. <laughs> I never really knew her, but I sure admired her spunk. She never caved in the way everybody else in this town has. <laughs> well, I don't want to bore you with local politics. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bore me. Okay, we've got this town council that lives in mortal fear that somewhere, somehow, somebody in Falwell is having a good time. Oh, bunch of real preservatives, huh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like one step above like Skinamax acting. <laughs> yeah. Some like Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, poor territory, God. but that's why we love it though. That's true. I mean it it just I'm, adds I'm to the charm. Here to look at him, I think it's- Yeah, but Bob Bob was just eye candy. Yeah. He's so like barrel-chested though. Like his bot, like his body type is just like who has a like what is that body type? I don't even. I mean, it's it, it's a it's a body type that you definitely don't see in movies now. No. Yeah, yeah. It was just that eighties like steroid action movie person, like stunt double for uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, for sure. It's a very like professional wrestling, but like in the eighties, like super yeah. super barrel chested, tiny little waist. And a big and a fat ass. So we have to get to Elvira's uh, midnight movie sure. performance because um, we get that scene outside of the movie theater. The how's your head scene? How's your head scene? <laughs> You're, you put an extra e in matinee. I always want to say that whenever I see matinee spelled out anywhere. I always want to say that. So yeah, so she's gonna do something. <laughs> so she's gonna show a midnight movie for all the kids, and I feel like kind of in the eighties, like watching a bad movie with a group would have kind of been something a little different that you wouldn't have really seen a lot. Would you agree? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, like it was poor mystery science theater. Yeah. So. I mean, like I, I guess you had Rocky Horror, but you know that was yeah. still super fringe. So yeah. But what Elvira's like doing is super fringe. This feels like Elvira brings drag to just small town. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she basically a drag show in a movie. Too. Yeah. It just so Old happens. Rock the world. <laughs> it just so happens that I have some of the worst movies ever made in the trunk of my car. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. I, I married one. Satan. I married Satan too. I married Satan too. <laughs> but Bob can't play anything PG, right? It's not G rated. Bob has to play only G rated movies. I mean, G rated's okay. As long as there's plenty there's of pl- sex and violence. Sex and violence. <laughs> well, okay. So the joke is that Bob's movie theater is playing a film on how to. How to duck call? Yeah. Is that how, the idea? How to hunt ducks? <laughs> I didn't know if it was how to hunt ducks or how to call ducks. But there was how to and then duck. Yeah. And then she had the E from matinee. 
and she fell, and so the E looked like an F. How to fuck. And it looked like she was putting up how to fuck. And Chastity Pariah. Chastity. <laughs> Nearly faints when she walks by. She needs her vapors. It's so she just. That she, is like the longest three minute joke. <laughs> it was setup. a whole. It was a whole lot of setup. It was a whole lot of setup. I mean, it was but, one of those things that they had the punchline, which was how to fuck, and they mm-hmm. had to work backwards of how are you going to, right. how are you going to set it up, <laughs> and I guess how to duck call. Yeah, was what they landed on for the marquee. I'm buying it. Who's paying to go to Bob's movie theater to watch this film on how to duck? <laughs> Maybe Bob's afternoon matinees of of like nature films. Maybe they were free. Sure, Pu- public service <laughs> in this town that only showed G-rated movies. Fucking Bob. Oh well, drag. <laughs> so this is where she decides to do. So since Bob can't show the movies because of the morality club, they're going to do a midnight showing. It's going to be a secret. We're going to get all the kids to go, you know, this whole underground thing. And then I'm showing Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which I have not actually seen. I've never seen it. Have you? Yeah. um, It's it's bad. (laughs) I mean, like, (laughs) you need to help you get through it. Yeah. (laughs) But isn't, like, Clooney in that? Uh, I don't think so. Because it's it's super early 80s. Oh, okay. I think he might be in, like, a weird sequel. Yeah, that rings yeah, a bell. Yeah, the remakes. Yeah, because I think there's like some weird Hollywood lore that like George Clooney was in like one of the worst movies ever made, but I don't think it's the one she showed. I think it's like a weird like remake. Yeah, I mean, sequel. I only saw it because of like this movie. I was like, oh, I want to see this horrible movie. Yeah, and that's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even talk about the the movie the very first shots of this movie. So we didn't realize who was in the movie until we bought this on a 4K transfer of the Blu-ray. It is the it, guy it, from it Gremlins. Um, what's, it, what's the title of it? It Conquers the World. It Conquers the World, yeah. Uh, Roger Corman movie. Yeah, and it's got, um, what's his name from all the... all the uh, um, Joe Dante's guy. Joe Dante movies, Dick... Oh, yeah, yeah, the Dick Miller. Dick Miller. Dick yeah. Miller, yep. yeah. And it also has, um, is it Peter Graves from from uh, Mission Impossible? Yes. And, and yeah, the airplane yeah, yeah. movies. He's like one of the main characters. But for some reason in this, the clips that they show at the beginning of Mistress of the Dark, they do some dubbing of the voices mm-hmm. because I guess the audio quality was not that great. But, um, yeah, that monster uh, – see, as a kid, because of the voiceover and the dubbing that they did, I thought that they shot that new uh, for, for the this. movie. Sure. Because it yeah. looks so bad. I Wait was like, no, this right. looks like they're making a fake bad 50s movie. But it really was a, a bad 50s. <laughs> now, you said that was Peter yeah. Graves? Yeah, isn't it Peter Graves from uh, Mission Impossible? Is he the one that did the um, the spread and Playgirl? No, that's Peter Lupus. Oh, okay. From Mich- also from Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. but he did but he did do Playgirl. That's somebody else. I'll Google that. Yes, he was. Oh, yes, Google it. He was like the he was like the like the muscle. 
in the old Mission Impossible TV show. Who's the Ving Rhames? He was like the he was a Ving Rhames character. Yeah. So he was like the big beefy guy, and he was like the muscle of like the crew. And he did Playgirl in the early seventies, full dick. Uh, yeah, and it was like scandal because he was like a legit, like a legitimate TV actor. Right. Although he came from bodybuilding. Bodybuilding. So for him, he was just like whatever. I'll do this old pictorial. Yeah, old hat. But for like Hollywood, it was just like, ah, there's Peter Lupus's dick. So this whole like midnight movie event at Bob's Theater, I feel like I would have like killed. If oh, I yeah. was a kid in yeah. Falwell, I would have like murdered like my dog. So I've only, <laughs> I've only been to one thing like this in my small town, mm-hmm. and it was a midnight showing around Halloween, uh-huh. but it was sort of like this. Yeah. Like, it would, it just felt very cool and adult and just, like, alternative, <laughs> and I remember tagging along with my sister. I was probably about, like, 12 or 13. And what was it? It was Urban Legend. Ah, a midnight showing of urban legend. I mean, this is a small town, Pete, where that did not do anything cool like sure. that. Yeah. So I, I guess sure, Rebecca Gayhart's classic urban legend <laughs> counts as a midnight I mean, screening. Her heel turn is legendary. <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like yeah, so I can I can sort of get like yeah, this is this is cool. The glamour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sneak out with some white pumps. <laughs> yep. <laughs> with a little frilly I sock. <laughs> yep. I wish it has like slutty Sandra D look. Robin's little pumps straight out of the shoebox with the with the yeah. tissue paper and everything. Oh. <laughs> and her like ratted out hair, like, oh my god. Her new look was such a scandal. And Elvira's gonna do like a like a show at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, show she's going to totally rip off. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, I love that. I, okay, again, I feel like I was a little too young for Flashdance, so I kind of missed it. So I didn't really get that reference, but I just thought it was funny. Um, but the way that she says, like, and this bit I ripped off, I mean, was inspired by... by. Flashdance. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I saw Flashdance either, but like I just knew it from like MTV and yeah. like everyone parodied that. You it know, was like, such a big part of you pop know like culture. the Maniac yeah video yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some choreography in this little bit where she there's like flips and dips and all this stuff, and <laughs> it gets me every time. <laughs> There's shot. There's that one shot of her like upside down on her head, and it's her face. What? Smiles as she is, and the smile. (laughs) (laughs) How did they? First of all, yeah. (laughs) That's genius of her to know that. Like, I can't do this stunt, but I'm gonna like do it in such a fake, obvious. (laughs) And smile during it. That is going to make it great. Yeah, we're going to get that for the for the Instagram yeah, we'll, because that shit is. We'll post too, a picture of it. It's too good. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. 
But you know, she what she got inspired by Flashdance. The character pulls a rope and a bucket of water falls on her. But Elvira was going to have gold glitter, which I don't know if she thought that through either. I mean, that also sounds like a mess. That sounds like a huge mess. Like gold, she would be in that bathtub just the same as she was with all the like oil or tar or whatever it was. A bucket of gold glitter on your face? Yeah. No. (laughs) You would need like a, like a doubt, like a, I don't even know what you would need to get that off you. But she didn't think it through. no, but Patty intercepted the bucket of gold glitter and straight up tars and feathers of iron. Yeah, that's some like was... <laughs> you, you know what else we've seen Patty in is in Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, yeah, she's yep. uh, at the dinner party, yes, mm-hmm. indeed. And outfit that is like. Amazing. Her gold may dress in Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> so good. You get that good yeah. shot of her butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't even know I could do the Calypso. <laughs> so Patty is definitely like the anti-Elvira. It's everything that Elvira stands against. Yes. Is embodied in Patty. Yes. Patty has a very like dated aesthetic. She wears like clam, like she wears pink clam diggers and like, like a blouse that you could buy at like Rite Aid, and like, <laughs> and and like, and she has this like blonde poodle hair, and she looks like she came from Pennsylvania. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love the shot of Patty's uh, pumps behind the right. Behind, behind the, the curtain. curtain. Well, not just her pumps. It you goes up the, to... Oh, yeah. Like the boobs. To the boobs. Yeah. I'm going to put somebody's eye out with those things. <laughs> What's that perfume? Catch of the day. <laughs> Patty. Oh, man. Patty doesn't even have a redemption arc in this movie, by the way. Doesn't she kind yeah. of... Doesn't she kind of become friendly with yeah. Elvira at the end? Does she? I don't remember. At the very, very end? Like in the last scene. She gives a half-assed apology. Yeah. And Elvira gets a big dig into her about her, about her bus size. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's like, she's like, you're the bigger person. She's like, yeah, a lot bigger. <laughs> Still funny. <laughs> a lot bigger. Still funny. Oh, man. So Patty straight up tars and feathers Elvira at the midnight show in front of all the teens. And that's jacked up. And <laughs> they okay. So our our timeline for this whole evening, we've got like charts with like and red yarn. And it's a midnight show. We we've too. got like a whole whiteboard with like red yarn and like <laughs> photographs and like all this stuff. Because okay, it's a midnight show. They watch all of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Let's say it's a it's a it's a brief ninety minutes, eighty minutes, yeah, a brisk a brisk eighty eight minute movie, and then she right. then there's like a fifteen minute intermission, then she does her flash dance ripoff, gets tarred and feathered, goes all the way home, is in the bathtub with the turpentine, cleaning off all the oil, then goes downstairs. 
kicks out, uh, you know, Robin and the fake Brad Pitt. And then she makes Bob a whole ass casserole. <laughs> they also watch movie. They watch TV until yeah. TV turns until off. Until TV turns off. <laughs> I feel like TV used to turn off at what, like? TV used to turn off at 2. 2? Yeah. yeah. Two. So, yeah. This, it, doesn't add, it doesn't add up. No, it does not add up. This timeline is muddled at best. But <laughs> let's, I always think that I'm like, this is an all-night affair. Yeah. Yeah, let's just say it's 2 a.m., but she's just like, sure, I'll make you a whole ass casserole. <laughs> I mean, she has to cook for her man <laughs> at 2 o'clock in the yeah. morning. Which... I find that scene really charming when she's cooking for him. She's just like, done all together, and then she gets the cheese whiz <laughs> and on the chips. She, she, the way she's she sort said... of like, she gets it all together. I'm like, that's so cute. She just wants to lay on this man. The way she rolls up the bag of chips and sits on it and just, just like crumples <laughs> it onto the top. Oh, my God. It's oh, genius. There. Yeah. And then here's me watching the movie now going, oh, look at that. Kettle Chips hasn't really changed their logo in like 30 years. That <laughs> same thing. It's that same font on that oh, Kettle that Chips was- bag. <laughs> Who knew? I didn't even think that brand was that old. <laughs> I like to see brand. Well, let me just tell you this. I think that Miss Vicky's is selling me the same uh, you know, Lay's kettle jalapeno chips. I think it's the same thing. Miss Vicky can go jump in the lake cuz I think that's the same chips as Lay's <laughs> kettle brand. Tell You're me right. tell me I'm wrong, Miss Vicky. I'll tag. I'm going to tag Miss Vicky in our Instagram because I would like a case of Miss Vicky's jalapeno chips to taste test that they're not actually just Lay's Lay's kettle brand. Right, it's 2020. You can't get away with that. No, anymore. they can't be selling us two different chips yeah. with the same brand name. Not on no. my watch. Not on my watch. <laughs> I know. I know what's up with those with those kettle chips. But uh, so she doesn't do the. You know the the recipe correct to you know to the book, and she creates this like casserole monster, this little casserole monster <laughs> that tries to bite her boob. Right. I love the casserole monster. I thought the casserole monster as a kid was so disgusting. Oh, I mean, it's so gross. It, it is so it is pretty gross. disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's like a snotty turd. Yeah, and then they would like put it in the. Garbage disposal, like uh, all that. Ugh, it's awful. I hate. Uh, I hate the casserole monster. But um, what she saying? Did she call it cockadoo or something? Yeah, <laughs> cockadoo. I uh, yeah, I do. I do use that one a lot. Cockadoo. Um, but you know, the morality club is going to have uh, a potluck, and so she decides to do the casserole again for the morality club potluck. But uh, <laughs> when she does, when she substitutes the Falengra with for hamburger, hamburger helper. helper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't quite get the casserole monster, but she gets like a love potion. And that scene is also almost as disgusting as the casserole monster. I mean, all of those old people are really getting into it. That hot dog and taco and the, joke and, is yeah. the nastiest joke of any movie ever. 
I agree. I feel like as a kid, that was the one thing that as a kid, I was just like, oh, cross the line. Oh, that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Although, you know, uh, in the right under the right circumstances, if I was hungry enough, a cooked a cooked hot dog in a in a plain taco shell. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too good for it. <laughs> drinking all the way until TV goes off, then I might. Yeah, exactly. Uh, generic beer. Did you notice that they're drinking generic Just beer? But all the teens have soda. Yes, they had to sneak back into their house. I don't. I don't know how they snuck back into their houses because they all like jumped out their second story windows. I mean, that's when you have to climb up your uh, your sheet, your bed sheet rope ladder, your bed sheet rope ladder that you see in everything. That yeah. I don't know if that's if that can really hold your weight. Maybe we'll do a test for the pot, for the Instagram. We'll do a TikTok a bed sheet rope ladder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Teach these kids a thing or two. The morality club now is just like over it. They're ready to. They're ready to like kick. Elvira out on the horse she rode in on because she's clearly made, you know, a mockery of them with this like sex potion. And Uncle Vinny's just like, don't worry about it. I got this. How do they, how do they eventually come to the whole like witchcraft? Yeah, they're like, oh, she put a spell on us. Yeah, I think it's the, I think it's the love potion that, that Uncle Vinny's just like, Oh, there's an old rule that like we can get her on, and it's witchcraft. And that's when they're just like, "All right, Elvira, we're gonna straight up murder you." <laughs> like a holdover from the from the Puritan days. Yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm assuming we're to understand that Falwell is adjacent to Salem. Yes, Massachusetts. Yeah. Massachusetts. yeah. Which. Neither of us have ever been to Salem, Massachusetts. Have you sojourned to Salem? Yeah. I went there last year for a summer trip. And okay. it's, um, Tell us about this. It's on my list. Is it worth going? It's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, like, wrap it up into some other things on the on the East Coast. Um, <laughs> it's a small little town. I mean, like, there's, like, we did it in an afternoon. Um, sure. But, uh, I mean, we didn't go, like, during Halloween. But it's um it's a cute little town that looks like that. We went to, like... The Nathaniel Hawthorne uh, house of oh. Seven Gables, and there's like old witch tours, and there's like a wax museum that I didn't get to go to, but it's apparently like super cheesy. That's like um, has like reenactments of the witch trials, but with like robot animatronic robots. Oh. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I know that there's a recreation of the of the hall where they would do the trials at, because I don't think any of those buildings are still standing. There's apparently one building that's still standing of like one of the judges or something like that. So we went to that house and it's neat. Yeah. I definitely go. It's a, it's a little party town and like it's full of like rockabilly goth kids, like there to party for Halloween. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, You're going to like go and uh, see all the storefronts and be like, I want the t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, are there like magnets, like refrigerator magnets aplenty? Okay. It feels like the '90s, like just never stops. <laughs> you can go in, you can go in and get your like Baby Jane postcards and like you know, uh, like uh, just, all I the love things it. in the '90s are good. Sure, sure, sure. It's very like a Penny Lane. Oh man, 
Well, they decide to straight up uh, arrest Elvira for for wicked witchery. They and they put her in the in the jail cell. The and this t- is when they get like their women's prison movie moment <laughs> with her like clanking the cup like on the jail bars. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Bob comes to visit her. She feels like she she needs like she needs the book. She needs the dog. She needs the teens. All this stuff. This is when it's all like finally aligning. Yeah, like everything's yep. coming together. It's all coming together. Yeah, we've got this final showdown with with. Well, first of all, we get the like burning at the stake scene, which is kind of amazing because right. like chastity's there, like. All the townsfolk are there. And, like, everybody in this town is fully just like, yes, we are going to straight up murder this woman. Murder this woman and burn her in front of everybody. You got to light it in multiple places. (laughs) You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Patty. I remember her cracking me up so much as a kid. (laughs) Just her being like, you're doing it all wrong. Oh, you got to change your heart. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, she says. She says this is wrong. So you think she has to change oh, her heart, yep. and then she's like, "You gotta light it <laughs> multiple places." Oh, fucking Patty, she's really good. She's really good in that. And um, there's like Girl Scouts that are like roasting marshmallows, like all this nonsense. <laughs> all this nonsense. And Elvira kind of has like a like a moment with Morgana, right? With like the ring and like all this. Yeah. Like it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Like it's like who cares? <laughs> I mean, I feel like the whole backstory in Ring is just the MacGuffin of this movie. Yeah. It's just like kind of who cares? It's about Elvira reacting to all of her surroundings. But she finally realizes yeah. that she is like the Harry Potter chosen one with this ring yeah and she eventually and she like ultimately uses the ring to like there's like a lightning a lightning bolt and it starts to rain right doesn't it just start to rain yeah yeah and then it's just yes. like you know puts out her fire or whatever which okay and this is the point where i'm just like i really would have loved to have explored more which, like, I think the sitcom was going for of, like, Elvira's, like, witchiness. Right. And that would have ju- that would have just been kind of fun. But, you know, this is what we got. And it's fun. And this is where Elvira gets to have, like, this. she has, like, a chase with Uncle Vinny. And, like, she turns into, like, Rambo Elvira. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love Rambo Elvira scenes. So I love, good. Like breaking like yep. chain link fences with, with your boobies. With bust. <laughs> Busting out. I love that in one of the teaser trailers, they it's it's the very last shot of the trailer. It's Elvira busting out of the gate and it says busting out September 30th. <laughs> that's some genius copywriting right there. The, that trailer really is a piece of. Art, like, yeah, because we played the cool. we played the um I think that we played the internet I don't know like what trailer we we played but there's another uh-huh. one that's a little more visual that they sort of cut visual gags in the trailer yeah and it ends on that Uncle Vinny starts to turn very like like 
demonic. They give him like a crazy face prosthetic. Yeah, they give him like a crazy demonic face prosthetic, which I love. He's like shooting like crazy like magic beams at her. Very Harry Potter. But the whole idea is that he's trying to get this book, which is Morgana's like spells, right? Which she doesn't even know is like the super important like spell book. But the dog does, and the dog has it hidden in the house. Mm-hmm. So they make their way back to the house, and like Uncle Vinny's like shooting like fireballs all over the place. The house burns down, and um, but also single white females um with the shoe. Yes, she's straight up single white females. That's so funny. I remember watching this and I was just like, were we reviewing a movie for this podcast (laughs) with a shoe in the face? I I can't remember. I I don't know if that actually happened. Yeah, we just did single white female and that's what it was from. Yeah. So we have fully done two movies with a high heel. A stiletto to the eyeball. As a weapon. Yeah. It's a gay trope. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Hedra straight up kills Steven Weber after she blows him with her with her. Stiletto. What's her name? Hedra. Hedra. I mean, that is shout out to our I single white female episode of Jose. Council and Fallswell. Uh, Hedra is like the oh my god. That name. That name. I can't even deal with it. Hedra. <laughs> single white female is wild. I would advise you during That's all of this crazy. to go back and revisit Single White Female. It's wild. Steven Weber is uh, is super cute in it, and you see his buns. Oh. You see his buns in several in several shots, especially when he and oh, – Oh, this was the first time I'd ever seen in a legitimate movie people doing it sitting in a chair in Single White <laughs> Female. And I was just like – that's a thing. <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's a thing. You can do it in a chair. Okay. Um. So Elvira, single white females, Uncle Vinny in the face, and he fully goes. That hurts. <laughs> I always love that line because he's like a villain and he's like a demon and he's just like ah ow. <laughs> Damn it! Ow. Um. <clears throat> So do you think that they're almost setting up Elvira is like a Glinda Good Witch of the North? That she's a witch, but she's a good witch, though. Yeah. 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 I think if they were able to explore this movie Elvira into, like, sequels, that she would kind of continue on her, like, witchy training. But, yeah, just not be, like... Uh, malevolent about it and just be like a little bit more of like a force for for good and just like you know <laughs> cool like cool fun stuff yeah I don't know what she would use it yeah. for in the future like um yeah I mean she like she does it to help the Girl Scout troops when it's needed there you go yeah <laughs> she would conjure up sales of like Girl Scout cookies mm-hmm when they couldn't, when they couldn't sell, she would help them out in the wilderness if they get lost. Yes, she could like break down like trees to make like land bridges and things for her wilderness <laughs> troop. Okay, but the whole the whole idea of this movie is that she still needs fifty grand. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. still needs this fifty grand. 
<laughs> did she just end up selling the house? What happens at the end? I don't know what, but what's crazy about the story of the movie is that this is where the studio just wanted to end the movie was them on her stoop with the with the townspeople saying like, oh well, we've like changed our mind about you. you oh should yeah, just live here. We love you now, and that's where they wanted it to end. Yeah, but I feel like you just need and and Cassandra said that you just need the flamingo scene. The whole movie, she's just like. Yeah. The flamingo. She's got to get this fifty G's. Like she's got to make it to 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 Vegas. And I like and I like the message that you can have it both. You can go to the flamingo and have your one woman show. Yeah. And you can still get the guy, and you can still have everything. Yeah. That it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. Is she with Bob? Bob's the in, Does he make Bob's backstage? Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, he's like in the wings. I would have yeah. left him. Well, you were you were a fun fuck while I was in Falwell, but I mean, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, you'd you'd I never make it in Vegas. <laughs> that's what happens in my mind. Yeah, that's what happens in the real world. I feel like watching this movie now. The one scene that I'm kind of like shocked at mm-hmm. is where she's feeling the snake. And she thinks it's Bob. Oh, Bob. <laughs> That's the one scene that I'm just like, oh, man. Oh, Bob. Oh, oh girl. Bob. <laughs> I got two hands around it. And, you know, I'm like, good for Bob. Yeah. I don't know if either of you have ever held a snake in your hands, but they're all muscle. Yeah. They feel crazy. It's a when very you're mighty girth it. right that there. Is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, salute to Bob. <laughs> good, good on you, Bob. Oh my god. Well, she finally does, in fact, make it to Vegas. And we've seen a truncated version. We have. Of this performance. (laughs) I have to say. The backup dancers. Oh my god. Well, the backup dancers are straight up something that you would see at Knots, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's like muscle guys, there's like break dancers. Do you remember us being at the Elvira show and trying to find some of the dancers on Scruff? Yes. Or Grinder? Yeah. Just be like, okay, open up your app. <laughs> they have to be there. And we did <laughs> find one. We found one. Yes. Okay. But for me, as like, I'm like 12. I've got this movie on VHS. I've watched it a million times. I'm obsessed with it. And I don't know that I'm weird because I'm lip syncing this entire song <laughs> in my room oh, yeah. by myself, learning the rap. And I just think, what? I love Elvira. What's wrong with that? Yeah. But it's like, are my like straight cohorts trying to learn like this Elvira this. rap? The, the boys in my neighborhood did not care about that. No. <laughs> I go viral by myself. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. It's crazy to think that, like, as a little kid, and I just did not think that anybody else gave two shits about this movie. And I just thought, like, I'm going to learn this rap. I'm going to, like... You're going to learn the... You're going to learn, like, the little booby... I'm going to figure out how to do dance. my boob this castle. Is the, this is the scene. 
you know, showgirl, like, dance. Yeah. But to me, I don't know, like, and again, I'm 12, I'm 11, I'm 12, and I'm not thinking like, oh, this is like super, super like homosexualism. I just thought that I liked this movie and I liked Elvira. I mean, now clearly looking back, it's like, all right, that's some faggoty shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> she presents as yeah. like four, four boys to enjoy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's, it's interesting. You hide behind that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, though, because I really did think that, like, no other kids or no other people are watching this movie as much as I did. And, like, later on, as you grow up and you, like, kind of understand, like, oh, no, like, I was not the only person watching this movie multiple times in a row. Like, lots of people loved this movie. And, And Cassandra says that she gets that all the time. Kind of gay men coming up to her saying, like, this movie really meant a lot to me when yeah. I was growing up that I like looked up to this woman that gave zero fucks of yeah. what people thought of her and was sure. just like powerful and strong and just owned her sexuality. Yeah. And she jive talks. She's like, that's my, she like talks to the, uh, <laughs> she's always doing like, uh, <laughs> when they open that pot, they're going to need all the love. And that's my thing. Like, what's he say to the makeup girl? Get a girlfriend. <laughs> I love the makeup girl. The, the yeah, that's my thing about this movie. It's like aside from like this, like her, like the feminism and her like sexuality and all that. She was just a smart ass. So to me, that was what I took. Yeah. To me, I took. She had an answer for everybody. Even when Patty was coming at her, even when Chastity Pariah was coming at her, she had something to say. And it was funny and yeah. it was quick. And whether or not they, you know, whatever their reaction to it was, at least it was smart and funny. And she was able to just be like, hey, you know what? I never, well, you're, well, you're never going to with them soup cans on your head. You know, and like that kind of stuff to me, it was like, that's what taught me to like always have something to say if somebody ever said something to me. You know, if somebody ever stepped to me, it's like, okay, at least if you're smart and you're quick and you got something, then at least you can stun them enough so that you can like get the hell out of there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, gay people have to know how to read. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what I took from this. That's that's for me. That's like the whole like the gay identity of Elvira and all of that. It's just like the quickness and, and being able to read somebody at a moment's notice. My take on Mistress of the Dark <laughs> is that I feel like it's something that I've always bonded with with you. Yeah. I feel like I always knew of Elvira. Yeah. But then when we started going out, it was something that we immediately bonded with yeah and you loved it and i feel like you you introduced me to it but i feel like i always knew that she was there yeah but you just got me to embrace it more yeah for sure yeah for sure so i feel like it's always been a hallmark of our relationship yes indeed Mm -hmm. (laughs) we have a whole like elvira shrine we do we have like we have her pop figure figure we have her sign dvd we have the sign we have a dvd with this autograph buyer yeah and we've got a standee of her jumping out of a cake. Yeah. That's just in our in our like walkway. It was it was a wedding present. Okay. Uh Darcy yeah. Miller from our interview with the vampire episode gave us that. Yeah. It's 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 kind of amazing. It's life size. 
<laughs> She's in a big oh giant birthday cake. So, uh, Ben, do you have any final thoughts on Elvira, the character, or Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, the movie? No, I think, I mean, that's, I think you guys kind of hit it. Like, yeah. her smart-assness and, like, her, like, embracing of being an outsider. And, yeah. like, kind of when I first came out and started making uh, other gay friends, they were, like, super into this. And I was, like, that's when I really started watching it again. Like, over and over and over, just sort of like, okay, it's the end of the night, whatever, let's just put Elvira on again. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's crazy that that's just kind of this universal appeal of this character and what's really cool about the universal appeal of the character for generations is i feel like even younger people like millennials is that you always just have a reference for elvira yeah that you don't necessarily have to have grown up in the 80s or like the early 90s yeah. like kids now just know who El- elvira is because she's always Sort of been relevant. Yeah. And I feel like she sort of hit a new career renaissance in the early 2010s. Yeah, I think so. Two. So, yeah. The reboot of that show. Like, didn't didn't it come on? I think I was like... I think it was around like 2014 or 2015. She did a new movie macabre. Yeah. And like, Rue is always all about plugging Elvira on... Like, Drag Drag Race. Race. She's been a guest judge twice. He always has jokes with Mistress of the Dark. And RuPaul does say it's one of his favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And he says, like, no irony. It's, like, one of his favorite movies. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's a classic. It's uh, I feel like it's always on a streaming platform, too. Like, check Hulu or something, uh, and it's there. Yeah. Always. Yeah, you can find it. Children. Um, this has been a lot of fun talking about this movie. So, Ben, you work for TCM with our friend Millie. Yes, we love Millie. We love Millie. We have to get Millie back on. But it's one of those things that I want to do it in person with Millie. So I'm, like, Uh, wanting to push it off because I love Millie so much that I want to wait until we can do it in person. (laughs) Post-COVID. Right. No, yeah, she's, yeah, we went to, um film school together like here in in Atlanta and so I've known her from ever like we've DJed together and hung out together and stuff and so yeah um yeah we've had Millie on for our mannequin episode and that was so much fun mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> cuz mannequin is another one that as a kid I was just like what everybody doesn't just love this movie <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah I was I mean cable in the 80s was like I loved it because they would just show the same movie like 20 times. Like yeah. you would be like, okay, it's on like 45 times this month. Yeah. I'll watch it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all we had, you know, we didn't have like, yeah, we yeah. didn't have shows that were tailored for us. So we had to just find like Meshach Taylor in a movie and Hollywood <laughs> <laughs> and watch it over and over oh, again. I love the whole premise of this show. I mean, like, it's, I was like, oh my god, these are the movies that I was obsessed with. Yeah. Like the Back to the Beach episode was like, oh my god. <laughs> Back but, uh, to, like, I literally thought I was the only person who watched Back to the Beach. Like, I was shocked that anybody else I gave mean, two shits about that. We're trying to get Back to the Beach in the like the collective yeah we're, conscious we're like we're doing, doing our part, part. <laughs> to bring it back into like public recognition. It's- I saw that. So I saw that in the theater. Oh, I love that. And with like a group of kids from my neighborhood, and like 
all the people that were, like most of the people when they were my age were like girls and they were like a few years older than me and so yeah. they always had like boyfriends and stuff and so we went there <laughs> with them some, some of their boyfriends met them the but 80s. yeah i was obsessed with that movie and i watched all the frankie and Annette movies because they were like on like tbs yep. all the time like growing up have like a week and me and my sisters would like watch that yeah like I feel like yeah, since you work same. at TCM, you and Miller are probably partly responsible for why the beach movies are always on <laughs> streaming <laughs> in the springtime. Yes, definitely. I, I could. I try to play those as much as possible. Um, yeah, and, and so Millie does the like TCM Underground. Yeah, so she can just show the really really fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, oh man, this was so much fun, though. So much fun. Thank you for coming on this show. This was amazing. This is fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Elva, like, there's so much to say about Elvira, and like, how can we know, filter yeah. it down into like one podcast? We were we were talking earlier because we just did Showgirls that, and I feel like it kind of it's the same for this movie that we could do another episode of both Showgirls and Elvira. And oh, yeah, yeah we could awesome. just keep talking. We could just keep talking about it. Yeah, we just which keep I talking. feel I have I have a feeling. A feeling we, we might We haven't seen the last of this movie no, yet. No, we might revisit Mistress of the Dark. I mean, there's yeah. also Haunted Hills that we haven't even got to, but um, No, I couldn't bring that up. I was like afraid to like go off on another 30-minute tangent. Yeah. But so Haunted Hills is for another was, discussion. My theory was that it was like she wasn't handled by gays. Right. And that's why sure. I went wrong. Yeah, that same direct that um, the same writer that Jim guy oh, the, or John. John Paragon. So and he's gay. So I was yeah. just sort of like, um, yeah. I was, my my mind was like, oh, like straight people got a hold of her. Yeah, totally. That, that's that's the only explanation. Well, uh, Ben, this was this was amazing. This was so much fun. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, do you have anything you'd like to plug while you're here while you're on? Are you working anything fun uh, on TCM? <laughs> no, we're getting ready to plan for next year and okay. try to figure out how to what to plan yeah. to show while we're all shut in the house. For sure. So, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I mean, I feel oh, like okay. TCM just... is one of those shows <laughs> that when I get older, I feel like back in the day, MTV used to be like the channel that you would just go to automatically when you turn on your cable and now i feel (laughs) like tcm is that as i'm getting older (laughs) so even before i worked there yeah just kind of the same i'm just like let's check that on it's the the aging millennials mtv Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah if you feel like also like if you watch a movie it's like well i basically read a book yeah right you're like basically a book I, I'm pretty much read an entire novel tonight, so yeah. what do you have to say? <laughs> Nothing. Thank you so much for coming on the yeah. show again. Yeah. This was amazing. We will definitely call you again to have we'll you We'll do something back. else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. <laughs> well, this was amazing. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. And thank you, everybody, for listening to our Elvira Mistress of the Dark. Oh, that was so much fun. I could keep talking about this movie. Yeah. We haven't even scratched the surface. We'll save it for another episode. We're going to save it for another one. This was so good. Scott, where can they find us on social media? 
Oh, well, you can find us on Twitter at MTMUG pod and on Facebook and Instagram at, at Movies That Made Us Gay. That's correct. You can also subscribe and give us five stars. Give us five stars. We would love for you for to rate Do it. and review our show. Do it for Elvira. Do it for Elvira. She's in just the dark. She really wants for you to rate us and give us a review. Write us a review. And, you know, we would love for you to come back next week where we'll have a fresh new episode of Movies That Made Us Gay. We'll see you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.